0: It's time to tell you an incredible story Welcome to Q-List Season 3 Where we cover how I met your mother I'm Logan Corkins And for this brand new season of Q-List I needed someone to help me out That is more than just a friend Who is more than just a co-host, co-pilot He's a bro He's the bro of the highest honor Josh Finney
1: I did not hate that as much as I thought I would (laughs) I appreciate was, that. Thanks for having me,
0: man. Dude, thank you for being on this. This is uh, this Q-List. You have been on Q-List before. You were on uh, yeah. you guest on The Office twice, which is awesome. If you if you missed any of that, go check it out on SoundCloud. Uh, but this is also the first season on Spotify. So if you are listening on Spotify or wherever else Anchor puts us, we appreciate you. We love you. This is where we break down a movie or series... Uh, Kind of in its entirety, we talk about our favorite moments about it, but the beautiful thing about the show is that it's about shows and movies that we're passionate about. And I think How I Met Your Mother is one of those shows that it's hard not to be a huge, passionate fan about. Josh, I have to ask you, what made you fall in love with How I Met Your Mother?
1: I mean, I, I think it's really the chemistry of the main cast. Like, your sitcom is going to fail if your cast doesn't completely click. And going into this, if you watched this back in two thousand five when it came, I believe it started. Yeah, aired in two thousand five. Watching that, you, most viewers probably only knew Neil Patrick Harris. Kobe Smolders was a complete unknown. Nobody knows Josh knew Josh Radnor. Nobody knows him anymore either. Uh, Allison Hannington, you probably knew her from American Pie or from Buffy. And Jason Siegel was largely unknown. He was known for Freaks and Geeks, and that was about it. He hadn't really hit his stride. This was really the breakout role for him. And in my opinion, it's the best role in the entire show is Marshall. Marshall is the heart and soul of the show.
0: Marshall's the heart and soul. Um, as much as I maybe don't like the character of Ted, Josh Radnor absolutely nailed it.
1: Um, I think he did. I, I think he, you know, and we'll, we'll get into this in the later seasons. I think he becomes a victim of very, like like most sitcoms, becomes a victim right. of bad writing, a la Andy Bernard. Yeah. I, I, I preach it. Freaking <laughs> preach it.
0: This is a show that really, to me has always been... This, this This is this is my bowl of tomato soup, right? When I'm sick, How I Met Your Mother's coming on. When I don't feel good, mm-hmm. when, like, mentally, I've just had a rough day, How I Met Your Mother's coming on. Because, one, the humor hits even, what, 12 watch-throughs now that I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, the humor's still funny. The lessons are still really, really important. And when this show hits you with a big moment... It freaking nails you in the chest,
1: right? And um, like, uh, one of the other thing, and like while we're talking about those big moments, like I think like beyond the main cast, like so the main cast, it really feels like it's a family. But when you bring and you add in those guest characters that are here for arcs, oh, like, yeah. we're going to talk about Ashley Williams later on uh, as Victoria. <laughs> you know, we're, we're but then even beyond that, like you have Alexis Denisov as uh, Sandy Rivers. Yeah. You you know, you have him. Even characters like Wendy, Wendy the Waitress, Ranji, yeah. Carl, like make this world so alive. But, like they can disappear for like a half a season or a whole season or whatever. And when they come back, it's like they never left. It's like they're still living in this world. They still know what's happening to these characters. And that's something that sitcoms fail so often at. But the creators of this show just really, really, really nail it. Carter Bays, Craig Thomas. I wanted to make sure I got their last names yeah. correct. I always get them flip flopped. Yeah, same, same. They, they they fucking nail it. And I think having one, largely one director for the entire series, and Pamela yeah. Fryman, really 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 helps keep that consistency like a series timeline it doesn't feel like we're jumping around like old ted is meant to be an unreliable narrator and that's such a great plot device as the show starts continuing on into like seasons five and six it's it's so well
0: done there too where it's like like you said pamela freiman being the director this entire season because i i part of the problem that some sitcoms run into is when you have multiple directors that come in and like, mm-hmm. let's say like, okay, the office is a prime example, right? So the office had, I think in its running total, like 35 something different directors that came in. Right. And you could tell the episodes where there's somebody who didn't understand this cast, who didn't understand the chemistry and didn't understand the positioning and how the interactions need to happen. Mm-hmm. Pamela Fryman, like, she is. She, I, I. I've seen so many behind-the-scenes things where she's like, she's the boss because she's just trying to get these guys to actually focus instead of goofing off at each other and making each other laugh in between scenes. Like, she had to play the mom role so hard on set because this chemistry was just there. But then she also gave them the freedom to really go for it in some moments. Of, you know, what, let's let's try a couple takes with how you know th- this is going to work or how you know. um Barney's going to do this weird line and, and it may or may not hit, but we're going to try it. And so right. I Carter Brace, Craig Thomas, unbelievable writers, and they are the creators of the show. The show did run for nine seasons. Originally, how I met your mother was slated to be the hundred something best moments um, of a t- late 20 year uh, male living in New York. Uh, it is supposed to be his uh, uh hundred best moments or, or memories uh, from his past. It ended up going a little over 200 episodes and we're going to break down each season. It starts tonight and we are going to go for another 8 weeks after this. That means we're with you all summer long right up until the first week of August and then we'll switch over to our next series. We'll have an announcement about that at the end of June. Josh ready to dive into this thing. Let's let's let's, let's, let's talk about it. this cast. Bob Saget. Yeah, Bob Saget as future Ted.
1: He's technically uncredited in the show. He he doesn't. It's funny because like he sounds like a natural progression of Josh Radnor's voice too, right? Which is just so weird because like you see a picture of Bob Saga and you're like, what the fuck? Like, and he also never talks about this role like in yeah. a
0: lot of his interviews. Like this is the most consistent work he's done since Full House and aV oh, yeah. and yet
1: he never talks about it. <laughs> but it happens. I mean, so I, I think part of the reason he doesn't talk about it is. He set with these people like he just did the voiceovers
0: yeah he went into the studio like once a month recorded his four voiceovers and did his thing and you know was out I'm generally curious how much money he made off the show and how much money
1: he continues to make off the show i, I would I would imagine he's earned a lot more in syndication than he did on TV much like most of these actors like I obviously like Hannington and Harris made the most they had the coveted with and and credits and yeah. like those are those typically like some of your higher earners if you're not the top billed star that's the more uh you earn like of course everybody got probably raises along the line but you infinitely earn more after season five when it goes into syndication with any show
0: so i know that like so big bang theory came on roughly about the same time mm-hmm. um and in the first like four seasons penny leonard and sheldon were all making roughly a about 650,000 an episode. Mm-hmm. Now, in the last two seasons, the, all three of them made 1
1: million per episode, which is not a only them, ab- but like everybody on the main build cast was making that much by the end, which is just crazy. insane. Um, like the only show we've ever seen that with, and they didn't even do it to that degree, was Game of Thrones. And that was obviously I- for a Far shorter
0: series. I have, if I remember right, a story I saw, I knew Neil. I like obviously, Neil Patrick Harris was getting paid the most to start because mm-hmm. he was the draw. He was he was the right. person everybody Doogie knew. Doogie like, come yeah, on, he was Doogie Howser. You know, he's doing all that, and he was huge on Broadway at that time too. Like, he took a break from Broadway to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that he was doing that By the end though, I noticed Jason Siegel was making An absolute, and there was debate Whether or not Siegel was actually going to come back For that last season
1: uh, Well, and that, uh, that's what held it up if Not just season 9, but season 8 as well Yeah, uh, He and, wanted to leave He really blew up in like season 3 Well, and then Kobe
0: Was doing Avengers uh, Kobe was doing mm-hmm. Marvel stuff In um, season 7 Was when she shot Avengers and yeah that was at least like, closer
1: to the end like sequel so we gotta remember in 2008 is when forgetting sarah marshall came out oh yeah and wow. that was largely like, if you didn't time. watch how i met your mother that's how you got introduced to him and like suddenly he's part of like the new brat pack with judd apatow and all of them like he starts appearing at, like five-year engagement a few other things like yeah. That's why sequ- uh, he did the Muppets. He wrote, uh, what was it? He wrote, directed, and starred in the Muppets, and yep. like did all the songs. Like yep. that was his dream role was to make a Muppet movie. And that's like after that, like he was like, oh, I don't know if I want to come back. Like that's the whole reason he's not even in the sequel to the Muppets is because he was contractually obligated to be back in How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> so freaking good. So yeah,
0: Josh Radnor, Ted Mosby. Um, He's going to be our main character And obviously the main person we follow along Jason Segel as Marshall Erickson Allison Hannigan as Lily Aldrin Neil Patrick Harris as Barney Stinson and Kobe Smolders as Robin Scherbatsky Again this is, this is one of those things And we've talked about it already a few times This is a cast that you just You couldn't have predicted how well the chemistry was You couldn't have predicted how Great these uh, friends these people were going to be Like Allison Hannigan talks about it Still to this day she's like I wish we would do a reunion. I wish we would do these things. Just like I see, you know, Kobe every now and then. I see Jason every now and then. But like the whole cast hasn't been together in a long time, right? And I, I, say- I, I,
1: w- I wonder how much of that, like, because it really started becoming a public discussion right around the end of season six. Of Ted Mosby is just not a likable character,
0: right. and
1: like, how much of that did it, did that extend to? josh radnor like fairly or unfairly how much did that like Did people just do people just perceive him in that role like when that's the one thing you're known for
0: i think the hatred for josh radnor came after the show when
1: oh i think the the hatred for him personally came after the show Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah when he was when he was going around on press tours for like um Oh, uh, what was that show that he did? It was Rise. on NBC. Rise, yeah, Rise, which was phenomenal, Phen- such a great phenomenal show. show, and that was the role he was born to. But when he was in the press tour for that, he was he was talking about how like people will come up to him in the streets and be like, "Hey, this moment, like how you did this moment was so perfect," and and I've you know I, I after I watched that scene, I went and I proposed to my wife, and he'd be like, "Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like I don't remember," yeah. it. and he was kind of a jerk to him, and right. I mean it happens but it's just crazy how like on screen everybody seems awesome and, and and like like I said the behind the scenes set stuff is like everybody seems so awesome and then yeah post show I mean we really haven't seen much like heck this podcast is one of the few how i met your mother recap just that's that's one of the other reasons I wanted to do this is just because there's not a lot of how i met your content out there There's just not. Hey, let's talk about some of the other characters that we see uh, throughout the show. Of course, David Henry and Lindsay Fonseca are going to get credits in every single episode, even though they only have lines this season. They play Luke and Penny Mosby, uh, Ted's future kids. Uh, We're going to talk about Ashley Williams as Victoria. We're going to talk about Joe Neves as Carl, the bartender. Uh, Alex Denisov as Sandy Rivers.
1: I love, I freaking love Sandy Rivers. Sandy Rivers is low-key one of, like, the three or four best supporting characters in this show.
0: Marshall Manesh as Ranjit. I mean, you can't go wrong. Ranjit has one of the most underrated jokes in Season 9. And we're just going to go ahead and spoil it. When Marshall becomes a judge and he goes, Can you help me get a driver's license? Oh oh my God. God. You have I completely forgot about that. I have
1: a, so spoiler, I have not rewatched season nine in its entirety since it aired. So I'll be doing that for this show. <laughs> and it's oh it's gonna be a trip, man. y'all.
0: Oh man. Charlene Amoy as Wendy the Waitress, and of course David Burke, uh, who will eventually go on to actually marry
1: Neil Patrick Harris as Scooter. Only on one episode. Try That's really- uh, I think let's... that may be the funniest one to me is that it's neil patrick harris's future husband (laughs) they met on set that's that's so so, it's so great
0: that's how they started dating they started dating after i think it was actually after his episode in this season because they've been together like 15 years now something like that something like that they got two kids they have a wonderful house let's talk about so we we kind of learned our lesson people during the office we're not going to break down every episode Yeah, But we are going to talk about the big moments, and and we're going to kick it off with what I think is one of the best pilots ever made. Um, And it's literally just titled pilot. pilot, It aired September 19th, 2005. This is kind of like the best pilot I've ever seen because it it does so well of introducing all the characters. Uh, To start this season, we see Marshall. He's getting ready to propose. And so he's running that proposal drill with with Ted and and you just instantly see that chemistry between Ted and Marshall. You know, they've been best friends since college. Now, you know, they're, they're living in New York together. Marshall has been with his longtime girlfriend, Lily, finally getting ready to pop the question. You see that moment and then you also see the first time Robin Strabotsky as the girl across the bar. Ted spots her from across the bar. Caesar instantly locks eyes and is head over
1: heels in love with her. It's so great. It's the classic guy guy sees girl for the first time, trope, but it's done in such a good way. Like when she comes up, they had that they had that very first conversation. And you just instantly, if you feel like you saw the chemistry between Jason Siegel and Josh Radnor, the chemistry between him and Kobe Smulders may actually be the best in the entire series. Like the whole series hinges on their chemistry and somehow it doesn't ever go away. Even when, you know, Ted and Robin are on their quest to be together or, you know, he's still talking, he's talking about the mother, you know, as we get into the later seasons and they're not together anymore. Like it's so crazy how like it still keeps coming back to that. And like their emotional connection is still so clear every single time those two share a scene together.
0: It's just one of those incredible moments where it's like, Like you got to think as, as a show creator, how do you, because a pilot is usually, okay, we're doing this pilot. We don't know if we're actually getting picked up from a season. So how can we make this pilot so good that the network has no choice, but to give us a season. And that's exactly what they freaking did here Yeah, was yes. You have Marshall and Lily getting engaged. That's awesome. But then you also have Ted and Robin on their first date. You have him steal the blue French horn you have him go outside her apartment, raise it up above. I mean, it's, it's it's really cool there. But then you also have him say something so dumb like, I think I'm in
1: love with you. Seeing everyone's reactions after that, when he's clearly told everybody and they're all going, what, what, What?" what, what? is so great. Like just the, the quick rapid edit. It's it's like a five second sequence. But it's so, so funny. It's one of the few times we see the gang in the bar and they're not sitting at the booth. <laughs> they're, they're sitting in like a corner table, and it's like, oh my god, this is this is great. And it's the one time Ted suits up. <sighs> you know, we're we're introduced the bar the running laser tag uh, gag right. with Barney. You know, Robin's a TV reporter. Right. Uh, you know, they even full circle full. They come full circle with the Lily joke. Eventually, you know the the handprint over her uh, her breasts. They come full circle with that several seasons later when they're trying to decide what to name their child. And they cut back to that exact instance. It's just, yeah, it's,
0: but, this time, it, but this time it's on the butt. Like the, the, the,
1: no, no, there, there is one where it happens on the oh, chest. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah it the does. butt's the one at the end of the episode. It, it's it's all the little things that this series does so well. All the little callbacks that just make it infinitely rewatchable and it establishes itself immediately right there in the pilot. Immediately.
0: Um, it's like, th- th- this pilot's just so freaking well-rounded. I mean, a- everything <clears throat> about it. From, you know, the humor in this one, I mean, like, Barney is clearly just the humor in this episode, which is perfect. You get introduced to, yeah, suit up. I'm awesome. Legend, wait for it. dairy. And you just you you start to see like here's the, here's going to be the running guys of this. We also get introduced to McLaren's pub.
1: That's um, so great, so great. It's it it's just absolutely awesome. You you think about iconic locations from sitcoms, whether it's Dunder Mifflin, it, you know Cheers, uh, the Golden Girls house. Like there, there's so many of them. You have to put McLaren's in there
0: mclaren's is up there for so many different reasons one wendy the waitress is fantastic just across the board her interactions with the cast she's never meant to be like this super interesting character but Mm -hmm. like there's an episode in what season two or three or it's it's season three when barney dates her for a little bit um like she, she has these such little great just nods um Carl the bartender is, is is phenomenal as well like Carl has all these little lines in there too. Um, he's got a great line in season two we'll talk about next week but um are you just you just kind of like like I said there's there's this safeness there's this there's this warmth of mcLaren's pub that like yeah you you, you kind of wish you had it in your own life. I mean, think
1: of how much world building is done just in that 4 by 4 area. Like, you have the apartment, sure. But this is the other main set of the series, for the entire series. Like, sure, eventually you have Marshall and Lily's apartment. You have Robin's apartment for a little bit. Uh, Barney's occasionally shows up. But, like, those are the two main set pieces are Ted Marshall's apartment, McLaren's pub. And in McLaren's, you get such a glimpse into this world, whether it's Robin's TV reports, it's Carl and Wendy interacting on Barney's dates that are in there, the girls he's sitting on. Uh, we'll, we're going to get to the pineapple incident later on. Like things that keep getting brought back up throughout the series are great. Like the, not just the conversation that happened there, but and this, the skip ahead to something that's set in the very final episodes, one of the last lines of dialogue in the entire series is when Marshall turns to the kids sitting in the booth behind them, and he goes, "Hey, do you guys have any idea what happened here?" And they're like, "No, what?" And like everybody's making fun of him because he sounds old. He's like, "Just, just a lot of really important stuff."
0: It's and it's such a great moment though, and like they found a way to be original with it, right? Like, okay, you right. had the Cheers bar, right? The Cheers bar was completely set up differently. It was. The bar was meant to entice weird people. Like, they used the bar as where they would bring in guests. They would they would use that as mm-hmm. the, it was a revolving door of cool characters coming in, and then you had Norm at the end of the bar, um, and that's cool. Hi, Your Mother's like, yeah. So much is going to happen within this booth, but in this booth, that's where we're going to have debates. It's where we're going to talk. It's where we're going to introduce Ted's girlfriends. It's where we're we're going to have these big emotional moments. You know, when we go into season eight, it's when. Ted's going to look back in time travelers, and have a whole moment with himself just in that booth. It's like there's something really, really special to that, and I freaking love it. I just, just the perfect
1: pilot. It's like the, it's like a marriage. uh, Not to keep going back to McLaren's but it's, it's arguably the most important part of establishing this world. It's like a marriage between Cheers and Central Perk.
0: That is a great way to describe it. Yeah, that that is that is absolutely spot on because it's not a bar where like in the sense of like you're you're gonna have parties every Friday night. Mm. Or, you're, you're, like you you never run that. It's a very calm down, chilled back. It, it does have the coffee house vibe. It's even funny when they go to a coffeehouse and sees it too. They're like, "Well, that settles it. Hanging out a coffee house, not nearly as much fun as hanging out at a bar." Uh, it's, uh, great, it's great.
1: But, it's, a, it's a nice little nod to that.
0: And it's, it's, it's such a kind of, yeah, it's a kind of perfect balance, but then they can also use the bar as a, we're going to bring in, you know, it's, it's, it's where like we're going to run into Cindy or Nick Swisher's going to randomly come in or oh god so good. So, so, good. so many great moments throughout this. And, it, 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 and then it also gives way to like reasonable excuses to get out of conversations. Right. So like. If something serious is going on and you don't need the humor, you can have Barney go flirt with a girl at the bar for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, while while Lily and Marshall have uh, a big talk about their future, or or Ted's trying to figure out his love life for the millionth time.
1: Like I mean, and never never forget the most iconic, with the most iconic scene in the entire series. They're they're sitting there having a great time celebrating, you know, because Marshall's found out that he's not sterile, and he runs out of the bar to go call his dad. Yeah. And that's when you have the cab Pull up and we'll we'll recount that episode later But what happens in that moment Is just it's one of those like that Scene doesn't happen without McLaren's
0: Yeah without the joy And without the celebration If you think about it too like okay The the apartment is phenomenal and we'll Talk about the apartment throughout this entire series Like Mm -hmm. Ted Marshall's apartment is a great Place and a lot of big moments happen there too But no matter the happy Time no matter the sad time mclaren's is always in the picture like when when marshall figured finds out about lily's debt in season three first thing he does is he goes to the bar and is drinking his comically large bottle of champagne um when uh when 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 there's a death when <laughs> right before ted gets married they're hanging out at the bar they're mm-hmm. having one last drink and that's where he sees Krista malati's mother the mother in her wedding dress for the first time like there's I, it's just it, you, you. brought up the Marshall Erickson quote. You know, just so many great things happened here. I mean, it's just crazy. I just as as I rewatched that pilot for the millionth time, I I, I, I jokingly said twelve. I probably legitimately watched the show about fifteen times through, in its throw. Um, my roommate has to deal with me quoting it more more than not. But the, it, this this pilot just sets the tone for such a great freaking. Show And like this whole season Season 1 is one of the best seasons of TV And they didn't cut it short They went with a long season And I think it starts right here at the pilot The next episode I want to talk about Is Sweet Taste of Liberty Which is episode 3 on the list It came out October 3, 2005 Barney convinces Ted to go pick up girls uh, somewhere new Lily and Robin go for a girls night out And while Marshall is studying He keeps receiving calls from Ted and Barney Ted and Barney go to Philadelphia
1: they try to. They try to. Philly! They, they do get there. They do <laughs> get there, but they, they, they're trying for most of it.
0: Have you ever gone to an airport to pick up a girl? No. Doesn't work.
1: This episode taught <laughs> me that that was not a smart tactic.
0: Okay, so I, I know we should probably save it for, this, for the actual thing. Have you ever actually tried to play from the playbook? No. I tried one.
1: How fast did you get slapped?
0: I didn't get slapped. I did not get slapped because I tried a fairly safe one. I tried the he's not coming.
1: Oh, no.
0: I tried the he's not coming at a spot in Kansas City where, like, people usually go to, like, meet up after they haven't seen somebody in a long time. Like, it's down in Power and Light. It's it's, it's in that area. And I walked up to a girl. I was like, yeah, he's not coming. She's like, wait, what? He's in the bathroom. My like, wrong person. My apologies. Moved on. I tried it again, and then security kind of gave me the eye, and I was like, okay, fair enough. Right. You no, know we tried it. We tried it. We tried it. Didn't work, but we tried mm-hmm. it. So it is liberty. So this is this is an episode? And one of the reasons I want to pull this one up. One, it's yeah, because they licked the Liberty Bell, which I think is awesome, and it's that totally random thing to put into a sitcom, and it's like that. Nobody else is going to think to do that within their show.
1: Let alone in the third episode.
0: Yeah, let alone in the third episode. But then, too, this really establishes the bro aspect, right? Of Barney is always trying to push Ted to new limits with being out there and being adventurous and not being his normal, boring self. Like, he pushes him to be this person who's outgoing and confident and has swagger. And, And I think that's kind of the beauty of Barney Stinson's character is, like, you know, you you take the suits aside, you take the uh, womanizing part of him aside, and you take up all the catchphrases. He really is somebody who strives to make his friends a better person.
1: Right. It's like, th- this one for me, like, I think the B-plot falls, falters pretty badly. I don't I don't like the Lillian-Robbins subplot. I could take or leave the Marshall one. But establishing the friendship of Ted and Barney beyond just the superficial that we see in episodes one and two... Is really, really important. Because that's, I mean, they're all endearing friendships. But we have to establish, and we do this at various points in season one, we establish each person's connection to one another. You know, we see how Ted and Lily have been friends just as long as him and Marshall have. Like, it's always been the three of them. Ted and Robin obviously have that from the beginning. And then when we get those episodes where we establish that with Barney and the other person. Is, I think, really, those are some of the highlights of season one. It's establishing his relationships and his friendships with these characters because he's kind of the odd man out for a good chunk of the first season, I would say. He just feels like he's almost there in a lot of ways. Like, you never really understand why the hell is this guy hanging out with three people who have been <laughs> best friends since freshman year of college. It's, it's You know, we we of course know, you know, Barney, we, we met at the urinal. Like, it's great. They keep coming back to that because it's so random, stupid, and perfectly Barney then it happens
0: like how else are you gonna meet ted mosby right like how else are you gonna gonna meet barney stinson
1: and actually (laughs) be friends with him
0: and and you have to have ted just a little bit stuck up in that moment for it to work where he's like i like you ted and then comes back ted i'm gonna teach you how to live barney we met at the urinal um yeah, I think this does that. I also think this establishes like, okay, we know that Marshall's going to law school. He's he's probably he's getting ready to be a lawyer. But then we also see that like Marshall is has kind of the squirrel effect, where like if you tell him hey let's go do something else, like he's just instantly going to drop everything else to right. go do
1: this. Hey, his his little uh, Philly song when he's in the car is great. Philly. He's gonna drive <laughs> from Manhattan from the Upper East Side. He's going to drive his crappy Fierro all the way there to Philly. There
0: is nothing wrong with that Fierro. It is a godsend.
1: It's great. It, 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 it's great. Though. <laughs> I, I really like it. Like, it's such a strong start to the series. Because those first three episodes, I, the pilot, Purple Giraffe, and uh, Liberty Bell, I love. I love those.
0: Purple Draft is is a great episode. We're not going to do a huge deep deep dive into it, but it, it is another one where it's like Ted was so desperate to get with Robin, like you know, he threw three different parties. They also did one of the best jokes that you could have just randomly done, where like, so at each of these parties, Barney hooks up with a girl. In the first one, she comes back for the second party, and she goes, "Isn't it weird that they invited us both?" He's like, "No one knows who you are." Who are you, Carlos? And then they said come you were mean. <laughs> we find out that Carlos is yeah, yeah. Like that was just one of those random off the cuff, off the cuff jokes that like, man, it just hit. Uh, let's talk about episode four though, and that is the return of the oh, shirt.
1: God.
0: I freaking love this episode because it's so bad. It, it's such it, a train this wreck. Is,
1: this is on the level of cringe as Scott's tots for me. <laughs> this is this is a damn near unwatchable episode I no joke, I usually skip straight over this one because I just can't do it so, or I pray that I'm asleep by the time it comes on
0: Ted uh, is digging through his closet, he finds an old shirt and he used to think it was hideous, now he thinks it's awesome so in that moment of finding something old that he thought he hated and now loving it he thinks back to the ex-girlfriend's um, we also find out that he dated a porn star. Barney's Barney's quite upset with about that. Um, but he he talks about Natalie. Natalie is a girl who he dated. She loves sock puppets, uh Bella Sebastian, uh Tea Candles, I mean the whole nine years. She's a she's a basic white bitch. Let's just call it like it is.
1: To be fair, who among us does not love Bella and Sebastian?
0: I mean, dude, I jammed to it. I also jammed to
1: Taylor, so that's great.
0: on a regular basis. Yeah. Anywho, so Ted when he dumped her, he didn't dump her in a good way. He he may yeah. have left her a voicemail. And it might have been her birthday. And her <sighs> friends so might have been holding a surprise party. And they might have heard the entire thing. <laughs> and uh yeah. Mm. So then he gets he, he gets back together with Nally. Everything's going great. He's, he's, he's head over heels for her. And then he realizes, I don't love her. So he has a plan. He's going to break up with her. And it just happens to be her birthday again. And he breaks up with her. She kicks his butt. She, she takes Croft
1: McCaw. So, yeah, she, she whoops his butt. Setting up another one, one of the great recurring gags to this show is just bringing up Natalie. <laughs> so <laughs> fantastic. No, it's just awesome. Yeah, I uh, man, th- this episode's hard to watch, but I love the Barney and Robin subplot. Like again, again, we we talk about those moments with Barney Stinson, and when he carries so much of the comedy, like him paying Robin to do things on air, is fantastic.
0: Oh, dude, yeah, we're yeah, you know, and we get that reoccurring moment, and that, and and I love when she goes to Worldwide News and they do a callback to it. Oh
1: so uh, great.
0: Uh, so great. So great. So perfectly timed. Like of the different Robin things you could pull. We're gonna talk about a big one in season two with Slap Bet. Um, like that is just a perfect one right there. So yeah, Barney is is paying Robin to uh basically just say terrible things like I'm a dirty, dirty girl. And Robin kind of realizes that her boss doesn't watch the show, doesn't watch the news, nobody cares. So she's getting ready to, uh, what was it? Is it, it? It was the Super Bowl Shuffle, wasn't it?
1: I think
0: so. Ooh. Super Bowl Shuffle. She's talking to a cab driver, and the cab driver's talking about how, you know, this is one of the greatest moments of his life. You know, he's 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 driven around Merry Man or, um, uh, yeah, he's driven around a bunch of celebrities. But this is a really cool moment because the news allows people to share their stories. Mm-hmm. And Robin, Robin gets all up in the boat. And as she stands up, she slips and falls in the horse.
1: She falls in the horse shit. Yeah.
0: Falls in the horse shit.
1: Mm.
0: So freaking perfect, dude. Such a great
1: moment. And, and then the kicker is when Ted reveals he saw it online. Because it was played in the bar because of Barney. So great.
0: So Larry. great. All right, so the next episode we got to talk about is the duel. There are two swords within the apartment. They've been hanging up on the wall since they moved in. Um, this all comes after Ted and Marshall have a big talk about Lily moving in to the apartment, and it's kind of a big stakes or it's it's kind of a big step because yeah, even though Lily's over there all the time, like she doesn't actually live there. She has her own apartment in Chinatown or somewhere over there. And, um, it gets into, it, it gets hostile. Marshall and Ted have a big fight and they duel with swords.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, man, Lily gets fucking stabbed with a sword. <laughs> the Knights of the Poorly Constructed Round Table, I believe, is what the, uh, yeah. the, the mail nurse calls them. It is, it, it's, it's great though, like, We we just rewatched this episode the other day, and we're sitting there watching it. My girlfriend goes, "How on earth do you not go to your apartment for three months?" And that was my question too. It's like, so I get that you're always staying there, and it's like it's funny because they do establish that. Oh, well, it's an independence thing, and we come to find out, you know, (laughs) Lily's mom was like the was a huge feminist and things like that, like Mm -hmm. raised her to be super independent. But it's just funny because it's something you don't think about, because the way it's been presented is that her and Marshall live together, like for so for the first seven eight episodes of the series. So to find that out, and then like that they go back to have lunch there at the end of the episode is just it's a, another one of those like great full circle moments. Lily, your apartment it's... makes the best dumplings, <laughs> uh,
0: and uh, the playlist is just really bopping. I get knocked down,
1: but I get up again. Oh, it's very clearly late '90s, like no, uh, no mistake. I
0: love it, man. Um, also, love this is a, this is the episode that to me sets up Marshall and Ted of how great of friends they are. Like we've yeah. seen, we've seen how great they are already, but this is the episode where it's like, how have we never done this before? And then they're quoting um, the Princess Bride, you know. My name is Antigo Matoya. You killed my father. But my to die. Well,
1: the the slow escalations are great too. Like first, Shockey gets thrown away, <clears throat> which uh, why anybody would still want to use that in the two thousands is beyond me. But okay. you, you you get a you get a new coffee maker, and then so in response <laughs> to that and the painting going up on the wall. Ted Escalates that orders. He orders a phone booth. <laughs> he orders an English... No, not
0: just a phone booth. A full-size English phone booth.
1: It's so great, though.
0: It's such a dick. <laughs> well, day. I
1: like it, so I want it here.
0: Oh, man. It's the most petty thing ever.
1: Oh, it's so great. Because that's like... that and that's the kind of characters that at least early on Ted is that petty. He they very I wouldn't say quickly but they 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 move away from that. I think starting in season 2 like they give everybody kind of their their own little quirk. Like Barney is the one who is really petty after that. Know. You know, it seems like where he it had the elaborate props like he needs the chair for when Ted's sister shows up. Uh, you know, he's always, he's always got, you know, something, getting Halloween wrong, things like that. Like, there's always a running gag with him. And we get away from that with Ted, which I think is good because it just, it, as much as I like this episode, it feels really weird for Ted to escalate it that drastically to an English phone booth over a coffee pot. <laughs> I love it, though. I, it's great. And this is the first appearance of the Lemon Law, too.
0: Oh, the Lemon Law.
1: So great. It, it becomes one of, you know, again, we keep talking about Barney, but Barney's catchphrase is like, it, it's a thing. It's going to be a thing. You it's know, like He says that about thing. everything. He's always got a new thing. Always.
0: The Lemon Law, man. It it's a thing and it works and it's awesome. It's freaking freaking awesome. He gets lemon
1: awesome. lawed at the very end of the episode and he's so happy about it.
0: Uh, who gets lemon? Who who lemon laws him? Uh, uh, it's uh,
1: it's, a, it's a girl that he's dating or he's she's trying to hit on. Excuse me, not dating. Uh,
0: I guess the so lemon law is where you know within the first ten seconds you know whether or not you want to sleep with that person, and if not, you just walk out. You dump the date. It's. Or basically like what ghosting is These days like you know whether or not you like Some so But it's a great rule it's a great great rule Um an episode I want to talk about Very briefly but we don't have to spend a ton of time On belly full of turkey Uh lily and marshall head to minnesota And we really Get some strong Erickson roots In this episode marshall's dad is The single greatest human being ever Created (laughs) his mom And the minnesota twins Um (laughs) Uh, just never, and we also get a load of her seven layer salad, which has mayo on every other layer.
1: Oh, it it just it makes you gag it's just looking at it. Is it? Uh, they put Basque ice ball. Basque
0: ice ball, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, I, I love it. Look, well, I we mean, you know, everyone knows the Ericssons. Oh, you're Marshall You know the Ericsons? You are much taller than described. <laughs> Yeah, is, man, so great. Uh as, but I lo- I love the Ericson's, but I got to confess, I think my favorite part of this is that Barney is volunteer of the year at the food bank. I and mean, we find it's... out it's for public urination <laughs> on a church. The How judges often are you church? How
0: often are you peeing outside if this is something you're going to arrested? For? <laughs> I,
1: I just hey, you got like you, you got that much community service, that's well, well, oh, what is it? That this was donated to help the homeless. I know. And I'm okay. starving. Oh Ted running around flinging the mushrooms is hilarious. Uh, uh, just a it's truly, it's truly it's iconic it's Ted, Ted Mosby move. It's
0: so good. What, what I love about this episode is, okay, so we we set up a little bit deeper side to Marshall. And I think this is why people mm-hmm. follow up Marshall Erickson. It's because he has this Minnesota, very Midwestern roots of... His family is the most important thing to him. His brothers and his dad and his mom are just huge to him. But then also Lily is dealing with the fact that she may be pregnant with one of his kids. And, and his mom is, is already starting this riff with Lily. Like we, you know, we, the, the more we right. get through this shit, the more we find that you know, they just don't get along. But it also sets up where it's like Lily's going to have to face these family fears sooner rather than later. Um, because this, this clearly she's going kind of be a doubt. doubt
1: in her mind,
0: yeah, like where where we end up at the end of this season? Like this is the first seeds of it. yeah of yeah. Do, do, does she want to be like every Mrs. Erickson? you know, she's 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 keeping her last name when when they get married. Um does she want to be like every other Mrs. Erickson, or does she want to be herself and does she want to be unique? And yes, she's dating the most amazing guy in the world, but is what he wants and what she wants, are they the same thing?
1: Lily truly did not deserve Marshall.
0: Oh, not even the slightest. Like, we're going to talk about it in season nine, because they have a fight that I just completely do not understand Lily's side to it at all. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just don't. Um, but yeah, great episode there. Um, and of course, you can't talk about season one without the pineapple exi- without the pineapple incident.
1: This is my favorite episode of the season.
0: Uh, it's probably third favorite for me.
1: It's not my most rewatchable, but it is, my I think, my overall favorite. Just because I think it's so uniquely hilarious. Like, it's so well done. Everybody keeps thinking that when they put Ted to bed, it was the end of it. How did nobody hear him getting up and leaving at any point?
0: Somebody that drunk is making noise when they leave yeah. the apartment. It's so the,
1: just it, everything from the beginning, you know, Ted Downing the five, uh, what are the, the Red Dragon shots from from Downing those to him, you know, waking up seeing the pineapple, Carl's phone number being that, written on uh, his man. arm. Oh, sorry, right? <laughs> if lost, please call.
0: Oh yeah yeah it's yeah. It's So good. I, it so. Defects-
1: so- Oh, go ahead. basic plot of this
0: episode is that Ted gets really drunk. When he wakes up, he has a pineapple near his bed. He has a girl who he thinks is Robin in his bed. And he has no memory of the night before. So, Robin has actually started dating somebody. She has been dating a millionaire named Derek. And Ted gets a little bit jealous and starts calling her when she's drunk and to the point where it definitely ended up with Robin. And the drunker he gets, just the worse he becomes. But he keeps going back to McLaren's, keeps going back. It's just a great episode.
1: Uh, it, it's great. You know, it's, it's a great little bottle episode here um, that literally just takes place in the apartment and in the bar. Yep. Nothing else involved except for when Robin is in the limo getting called by Ted. Uh, yeah, The the cheek the Trick song is hilarious. It might be the best moment of the whole episode. Uh, where he, he falls off completely drunk, you know, we see <laughs> Trudy for the first time. We don't know that it's her. Uh, and I love that we circle back eventually, close to the end of the series, we circle back around to where the hell did the pineapple come from? Because that's never resolved in the episode. And we all sit there and go, huh. And I remember, um, <clears throat> I remember the creators, and Ben Will and all them, talking about this episode and saying, this was an example of not writing yourself into a corner
0: right
1: that they felt like they did that uh, and that you know when ted says we never found out where the pineapple came from they said we took that as an example of something that we never should have said and i, I, I want everybody to remember that line because we're going to circle back around to that eventually i found, sound like future ted i there was a point to me bringing this up we will when we talk about ted's children eventually i want to circle back to this that particular it, frame of mind.
0: It feels fitting that Carter Bays wrote this episode because it it's a really good placement episode. And what I mean by that is like this is a place where you don't have a ton of big story stuff going on. Like, yeah, Robin dating Derek or right, whatever. We're going to come back. Like The next episode deals with Derek a little bit more. Um, but we're mostly going to be dealing with Ted just trying to somehow get over Robin. Even though they really didn't date, but like he's still emotionally attached to her, and mm-hmm. that emotional connection just never really goes away, right? Until he meets somebody else, and let's talk about it in an episode called "Drumroll, Please." Uh, the wedding and "Drumroll, Please" are episode twelve and thirteen. Wedding is uh, is the first episode that kind of leads into this one. Claudia and Stuart they're having a wedding. Ted. Uh, is convinced that he said plus that he was going to bring a plus one. Apparently, his invitation said no. Anyway, Robin agrees to go to Claudine Stewart's wedding with Ted. However, at the last second, Metro News One asked her to be the lead anchor um, that night on the six o'clock news. So then Ted goes to the wedding solo where he meets Victoria.
1: Is there a more, uh, other than Robin Cherbotsky, is there a more consequential? person that Ted meets between the pilot and Stella than Victoria.
0: I told you that I was gonna do this before we even started uh really making this show. I said Victoria is my favorite. She should have been the mother.
1: I for have so, a very high on my list.
0: For so many reasons because this episode is the goddamn perfect episode. Of so they meet right And there's this Idea of We're not you know people meet at weddings all the Time let's not make it like every other Meeting right let's Not even give like tonight We're just gonna make a memory just tonight We're not even gonna give real names And then of course Barney Comes up Ted 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 guess what Guess what I got I got second hottest bride To be okay Ted Victoria cool Um they, they dance. They have a lot of great romantic moments. We find out Victoria's kind of a major dork in just the cutest ways possible. Oh,
1: yeah. And Absolutely. Then
0: they lead up, and so Ted's playing the piano with her in his ballroom. And, and Victoria makes the point of, you know, the best part of any first kiss is, that, is the drum roll, you know, a moment right before the kiss. Mm-hmm. And so they do the drum roll, please and um and then in the words of marshall erickson ted went home and played a drum solo um but it's <laughs> that moment there's there's this michael buble song that is playing in the background as they're dancing and it just oh, i love this episode so then ted finally realizes that towards the end of this episode it's like i have to know who this girl was like this doesn't happen to people very often. I have to know who she is. I want to date her. And um, he calls Claudia and she's, she finally tells him that uh, there's this bakery called Buttercup Bakery, which was the fake name that Victoria originally gave Ted. And um, Marshall is impressed because it was she made the best cake that he's ever had in his life. And he wants, her, he wants Ted to marry her just, just off the He that. He wants
1: her to move in today.
0: Yeah, move in today. She's got to live with us, man. Ted, Ted walking through the door, the bell ringing, and then Victoria just looking around and saying, oh, thank God.
1: It's so perfect. So perfect.
0: Just, just there's there's really nothing
1: else to say. Like that, it's a literally perfect moment.
0: I, I mean, do, do, do you even say anything else? I mean, like, that's what that's why I keep debating is like this episode. I don't know how they said okay, this is this this is what we have to do. Like th- this is this is the game plan with this. Um, I, I I I don't get.
1: I don't know how you don't deviate from <clears throat> the ending that we eventually got, with which is right. just debatable at best as to how good it is. Um, I don't know how, when you see the chemistry between Josh Radnor and Ashley Williams, that you don't, you don't adjust that plan. Just like, I mean, we're going to have this conversation when season nine comes up. I don't know how you don't alter that for Krista Melody either. Um, they had, they had the perfect, they they even have a do-over eventually. Oh yeah. And, and even the
0: do-over is like, so the do-over happens, what, six years after this season? Yeah, it yeah, happens in season seven. It happens in and season seven. And the chemistry's seven. still there.
1: The chemistry's still, still there. It's like you, you're picking up after being away for a long time. It's clear that her and Ted still love each other. It's just this whole run of episodes that feature Victoria and the subsequent Fallout is just such a strong run in what's, in my opinion, a fairly up-and-down season. The episodes we aren't talking about are more down than up for me, personally. But, God, just everything she's in, it's part of what she brings to the cast. and Being kind of that, she's that sixth person for the very first time. But she feels so natural.
0: And she gets along with everyone. I mean...
1: Everyone.
0: You couldn't have cast better. Like, you were talking about this at the beginning. It's like... You couldn't have predicted how great the chemistry was here. What if you if you had to pinpoint what's your favorite Victoria moment? What is it?
1: God. So I'm I'm really tempted for it to be that moment. That first I'm tempted for it to be that first kiss. But I think for me it's it's weird because I think it's a scene where I think it's a scene where she's not on camera at all. It's after she's gone to Germany and she's sending Ted those care packages. And how She is unknowingly making Ted feel very guilty for not doing the same for her. And it's like, how does that happen? How does that keep happening? And you don't reciprocate. Or, I don't know, like, we talk about, or he talks about how ridiculous it would be for for her to stay just because of him. Well, Ted, you hated your job as an architect where you were. You could have gone to Germany, or you could have made an effort. Literally, the one that got away is Victoria.
0: She Okay, you know what she is? She's the ultimate girl next door. That's,
1: that's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly,
0: yep. She, she is the ultimate girl next door. She's that fun, bubbly girl who, like, for whatever reason, it didn't work out but you never really lose those feelings. And like, we say that like later on, like Ted, Ted clearly still has feelings for her again. um, And she loves Ted. Like there, I don't get how the chemistry was just that
1: good right out the gate. And it's crazy because they have this chemistry. I would say two other times in the series. And that is Krista Melody and Jennifer Morrison. I think Ted has just as good a chemistry with them. And See, it's... I don't I don't get the Jennifer
0: Morrison one. Like I I, I, I get where people love her character. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think Sarah Chalk.
1: I mean So I go I go away from Sarah Chalk because that thing almost fell apart so many times, and I I never felt like there was really a genuine connection between her and Josh Radnor. It it just it didn't feel that way, and I think Fairly or unfairly, a lot of that is because you still think of Sarah Chalk at the time this aired. Scrubs was just rapping. No, it was still
0: no, no, no. They were in season seven. Okay. Because they, they 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 recently talked about this of when so so Sarah Chalk's going to come in at season three, season four, season five, or a little bit of, a little bit of all three when they were filming. So because she was on a different network, because I think what it was NBC had the rights to Scrubs. Uh, it, it, had
1: been, it was NBC during season seven. It went to ABC for eight. Yeah,
0: it went, to, it went to ABC. There was the agreement within her contract that she could only do five five different episodes on a different show. Like, she could only guest on five. But then Bill Lawrence gave Carter Bayes a free favor. Uh, Bill Lawrence's creator of Scrubs, he's like, hey, I will just fudge the paperwork and let you guys have her for it was uh, it was the episode where she runs into Ted at the Tapas restaurant after they've broken up. Or no 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 it was as fast as she can. Mm-hmm. My apologies. It's that episode. Which thank God that Bill Lawrence is that awesome and, and, and gave her back for that episode. Um, because like, I, I I I feel like with Sarah Chalk it was. Because she was having, like, she was shooting How I Met Your Mother on, like, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and then she was going and doing scrubs Thursday, Fridays. And that constant back and forth. She was doing table reads for both on, like, Mondays or something like that. And it was, like, that constant back and forth. Plus, she was still, I think she was do- even working on a movie at the time, too. Like, that was when Sarah Chalk was getting
1: big. Right. And so, I think when I when I see Sarah, not to deviate into all of Ted's girlfriends right now, but like when I see Sarah Chalk, I, I still have a hard time separating the Elliot J.D. romance from the Ted and Stella one because it's like in one she's like she's she's like picture perfect for the person. And in the other one, it's like you see her right away and you're like, this is going to fail. There is no way. There is absolutely no way. And if you have any doubt, the New Jersey episode absolutely seals that for you in your mind.
0: The New Jersey episode is the one where I think the chemistry faltered the most. Oh, I don't think there
1: was. I mean, I'll I'll say I'll save my thoughts, but yeah, suffice. I don't think that the chemistry is bad. I don't. I don't want to take away from the future seasons. Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. I mean, I I just.
1: I don't see there being any chemistry
0: within that one. I. There's just a few moments throughout this entire Mm -hmm. thing where it's like. I just struggle. I just struggle completely.
1: Whereas every single episode with every single scene with Victoria, you can feel it. Or if they're like, if there doesn't feel like there's a connection, it's because they're genuinely having a conflict on screen. And that is just, it's good writing. It's good acting. It's good blocking. It's just like everything is like picture perfect. You know, whether she's joking with him about how his cupcakes are runny and, you know, he picks up a straw and sticks it in. Or, you know, he takes her to the airport for her to go to Germany. And as she's going through security, accepting that they're going to break up, Ted, in his infinite wisdom, decides to (laughs) say we should do long distance. And then he's the one that doesn't follow through on the long distance.
0: And again, it's like, you are not this stupid. I I think the other one, too, where, like, it it solidifies why Victoria is so great in this show is Game Night. Yeah. Yeah. When Marshall is trying to dig. Uh do, do you understand the rules of Marsh Gammon? No. I don't. I really don't. Not even. Old. Um This is an episode too that sets up how dorky of a freaking game gaming nerd Marshall is. <sighs> um is a board game nerd, I should I should say. Yeah. Um there I the whole thing with Victoria is just is just phenomenal i mean you you can't go wrong we learned about the re-return when ted re-returned for robin and mm-hmm. accidentally threw
1: up all over her mat the custom uh, doormat yeah
0: there's there, I, like that string of four episodes uh from drumroll plays to zip 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 also ted and victoria have the cheesiest lines ever in zip 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 when they're getting ready to have sex for the first time Oh, so and great. Ted goes, this moment feels like it's fleeting, and it's being chased by another one. And like, in perfect timing, they they rate this where they have Marshall and Lily making fun of it, like right out the gate, like, oh, this is bad. This is junior high theater
1: camp, bad. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, hide- they're hiding in the bathroom, and... Like, uh... Like, oh, when you can so laugh great. at
0: yourself, like, that's the best kind of humor. And How I Met Your Mother does it all the time.
1: It's, it's so great. Like, I feel like this is one of those episodes where, you know, if we're, if we're talking about Zip, 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 I love that we see a bit more of the Marshall-Lily relationship, which we haven't gotten a ton of in this season, like, those one-on-one moments with them. Especially not in the way that we will come to see those in, you know, seasons two and three and beyond, it feels like it's not really like the chemistry hasn't quite a hundred percent clicked between Jason and Allison in this season, but it's immediately there in season two. Immediately,
0: I think it is. I so I, I'm going to counter with on zip zip zip. I Go think ahead. that's when the chem- I think that, I think that's when the chemistry hits. Is zip, zip, zip. There's a line. So Lily's about to pee in front of Marshall for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it's a big step of the relationship. Ten years in. I want to keep
1: some of the mystery alive.
0: (laughs) I had that giant Mountain Dew. Like, that was the episode where it kind of just felt like it clicked. Because, like. There's a line that Lily says, and, and Jason Seagal just busts up laughing, and they put that take in the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just cracking out. It's like, chemistry was definitely there. So Victoria moves to Germany. Ted is convinced that she's going to dump him. So that leads us to an episode where I think it really hits into how the show teaches us a lesson. Mm-hmm. And that is, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Uh, Convinced that Victoria is about to dump him Ted accepts an invitation to a late night rendezvous With Robin who has had a rough day at work Um, Ted Lies to Robin and says that Victoria dumped him Right as him and Robin are about to hook up Robin grabs his phone Realizes, finds a voicemail Or finds a couple missed calls from Victoria And um, then Victoria does dump him
1: uh yeah, she does. I, uh, I I love how Life Among the Gorillas segues straight into this. Yeah. Um, because I I personally love I uh, this this episode's really hard to watch, personally. It, it's hard to watch in a rewatch because there's there's no funny in it, like it, it's a, just a dead ass serious episode, with the exception of like Korean Elvis, who is there to break it uh, break out the uh <laughs> the funny stuff, which is funny. Ted, listen to Korean Elvis. Uh, good good. Nobody invites Limited, you over to buddy. make juice. Like, uh, you, have, you have things like that. And, like, I love coming out of Life Among Girls because that's that, if you feel, should be a series episode. But it's funny the whole time. Like, that's where Ted's really agonizing over not sending care packages. And he's asking Robin for advice while being just the dumbest man alive. Not realizing that Robin is head over heels in love with him at this point. And it leads to one of my absolute favorite throwaway lines in the whole series, which is... Uh Blauman and um oh god, what's the other guy? The one who oh, actually Blaumann shows up,
0: right? and um uh, um Blum. Oh
1: Blaumann. god, I hate that I'm blanking out on this right now. Um Josh. Not 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 you, my roommate. Carpe.
0: He might have left. Okay. Uh, I, I figured you would know. Blauman and
1: Bilson! Bilson, that's yeah it Bilson, Bilson, yes. Uh, I I love that because they they become you know, they become recurring characters, especially when the GMB arc starts. And it's absolutely hysterical that they describe everything as steak sauce. What do you do? Go. It's great. Oh, It's so good, dude. It's great. It's one of those bits that like I find it hilarious because like I will I say those with some regularity uh you know I, i'll say as like as just like a joke because i know how much it like it it drives uh my girlfriend up a wall when i use the steak sauce line for example she, she hates those guys hates them so much because they're, they're they're pigs right like think of the questions they're asking marshall but you know, you, you Barney giving him gorilla lessons, and it's like cutting from him not being able to do it to him segueing in. And so I, I met up with my, my buddies from Kappa and we, we go to San Diego and we go to this choice nudie nest by the airport and slap a doo and it's just like and none of it makes any sense. But they're like, that was, was awesome steak sauce. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Now I don't know if Lana ever got a ring, but
1: fake diamond word, ring? work, ring worked every penny, bro. Like, it's so it's, great because it's such against the, the person um, that Marshall dude. is. And see, for me, that's the Marshall and Lily moment is do breaking break in my heart at karaoke. Yeah. And it's so perfect. Yeah. You know, it's heads like oh, everything seems right with the world. You know, he's there with them. Barney's there. And then that's when Robin calls him and it ends literally on what do you do? Go. Yeah. And that leads into the biggest train wreck. One of the biggest train wrecks. Of Ted Mosby's Ted Mosby's love life, I can't say it's the biggest. It would have been had he not been left at the altar. But, well, you know, God, a, yeah. This is this is his biggest self-inflicted
0: it, 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 love it, life it, it, disaster. Let's, let's, let's keep this in mind, ladies and gentlemen. They're doing all this in season one. We're in season, season one. one. We are freaking twenty episodes. Well, okay, we are sorry. We're eight, we're seventeen episodes in. We're about two thirds of the way through the season. Yeah, yeah, we're two thirds of the way through the season. We have found that we we we've met Robin. We have we we we've gone through all these different little things. We've met what should have been the perfect one for Ted, (laughs) dumped her, and this is where we are at. Like this is it blows my mind how much is in season one, and that's why it's so freaking good. So, Ted obviously lies to Robin and, and Robin takes it really hard. She's like, you know, I can't believe you would lie to me to just hook up with me. Like that's 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 not who you are, Ted. Like you know, Ted's the guy who who stole the blue French horn for her and Yeah. Always goes big for her. To to to, to almost pull like a Barney esque move on her just makes her feel like it's so gross. so much smaller of a human being than she is. Like like um I was, I was so there's an editorial that went up on, on Boss Rush Network uh, last weekend, and if you have, if you haven't checked it out, you should check it out. Uh, it was called uh, "Lessons I Learned from high Mayor Mother," and I talk about this episode because when it gets to 2 A.M., like I, I've I have taken this episode and made it just kind of like a life lesson. Also, it it is great to me too that in these two episodes, uh, "Life Among the Gorillas" and "Nothing Good Happens," Craig Tom- Craig Thomas and Carter Bays wrote both of these together. Um. Nothing good happens after 2am When it gets to be that late Just go home Like your mind is not in the great place Like even the people who worked overnight Will tell you that like 2am is just It's a bad time to make big life decisions Or do something that's going to impact your life heavily. Just just go to sleep Get new, renewed energy Get a fresh mindset the next day That way you can take it on head first
1: Yeah it's Man Again, uh, just another another standout episode, and uh, not in a great way for Ted, but it it's what fractures that relationship with Robin to ultimately bring it full circle in the season finale.
0: Yeah, Mary the paralegal is an episode where uh, Robin oh, is going to an award banquet. We meet Sandy Rivers for the first time, who is actually married to Lily Aldrin in real life.
1: I, I, I love before we go into the explanations. I love when we see Sandy Rivers, and he's on the TV, and they call it Sandy Time. He's it's reading, Sandy Time. He's reading the paper. What 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 kind, What Sandy should he be today? Uh, go y- y- Yosemite Sandy, Yosemite Sandy. <laughs> they have these cutouts that they put on the fucking TV because these guys are losers. It's hilarious. This oh, is, it's so great. great. It's great, but that's nothing compared to the actual plot of this episode.
0: Which is actually a really deep and meaningful plot. Like, Robin yeah. and Ted are fighting. Uh, so Ted brings along a date that Barney has brought. He thinks it's a hooker. Which just leads to so many great moments. We learned that uh, Marshall and Lily can speak telepathically. And... Uh, I freaking love this episode. Uh, I, but, F, I, I, go ahead. So, so, like, it really shares like that the, the true anger that's still there between Robin and and Ted. And how like it's a one-upmanship oh, yeah. of like, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna date Sandy Rivers. Cool, I'm gonna date Mary the paralegal, um, and we think she's a hooker. So I'm gonna go up to a hotel room with her, and and it's that one-upmanship. But my favorite thing is that. Uh, like So Barney's sitting there at the table And he goes, Vampire Louie, can you read this Announcement card? He's like, Mary Is not actually a prostitute
1: and it's... I, 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 The reveal is great Because Lily's already blurted it out She's freaking out because they shared lipstick In the bathroom <laughs> And every single moment From the second that they get on the elevator Until Ted is sitting at the bar, it's just Hilarious uh... I've Ted I've been doing I've been going on dates since I was uh, like 14 or something and he's like you oh were my god you, a were, kid. you were just a kid and it's like that's a line that in retrospect probably should not have been put in there <laughs> like <laughs> at that point you are already crying with laughter and then it cuts to them being in the bar the, the guys being back in the bar and Marshall and Barney are just dying. And uh, come on, if you don't laugh, it just seems mean. And so Ted reveals he never checked out of the hotel room. And He's like, "Well, I've got I've got a massage appointment, and then I'm pouring Don Perignon down the drain." <laughs> <laughs> and, and he walks out, and Barney is just flabbergasted, and Martha's like, "Come on, if you don't laugh, it just seems mean." <sighs> it, it, it's great. I feel like that's that's one of the first like real moments with the three of them together that sets up like that. Unbreakable bond. Because we've seen Ted and Barney's friendship in Sweet Taste of Liberty. We've of course gotten a ton of peeks at Ted and Marshall's relationship, you know, the duel, the pilot episode. Right. This is really one of the first moments you get all three of them together, just the guys. And it's a short scene at the end, but it should, like they're just gonna dig and rag on each other and all get in on the joke. And it's usually just Ted and Barney going at each other with Marshall being the in-between. It's great. It, 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 it's it's great. It's all future building for what comes for what I think the show's golden run is, which is uh, two through five. Uh, it just it does so freaking well, man. I mean, again, this is all first season, by the way.
0: All first season, and we got We got to we got to keep it going with best prom ever, which is this feels like the full circle episode where yeah. Uh, Ted and Robin are finally talking again They share a dance together <laughs> After Robin and Lily Take two high school boys to prom And um Some hilarity ensues on that Barney's convinced he's going to be able to get into this prom Through Whatever kind of devices he can uh, So there, there's a wedding band called the 98, 99, 99 The 99 Um Lily won't sign off on them unless she sees them. The only, thing, the only thing that they're playing at is a prom. So they have to sneak into this prom to see this band and make sure that they can play a Marshall and Lily song. It, it's just a really good episode. It's, it's just kind of full circle. Like At the end, like I said, Robin and Ted kind of show this moment where it's like, okay, look, I've missed you. Look, I'm a jerk. Absolutely, you, you can never talk to me again. That's fine. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there's still this unspoken chemistry. There's this thing here that...
1: Yeah. It's it's still very it's still really really well done in my opinion. And I think like showing them like even bouncing back so quickly after the Victoria thing, like that's something you knew they weren't going to let be not be resolved by the end of the first season. They they were going to do it and I think that's what on a rewatch makes it so shocking that they went with the the Victoria twist in season 1. Right. right? that Ted and Victoria weren't together into season two, like most sitcoms would have done. They would have been together into season two, hell, probably even into the beginning of season three before they broke them up. And instead they don't. They break them up a few episodes in when she goes to Germany, Ted tries to cheat on her with Robin before they're technically broken up. And it's just, it's very strange. And then the sequence of events after that just goes very rapidly between that and best prom ever. Very rapidly. Like, they've only just started being friends again. And then, you know, you have the finale, which is one of my favorite episodes of the whole show's run. It's,
0: I, I just, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's just, this is another great episode. I think, it,
1: I think the focus here is Marshall and Lily. Like you said, yeah, the circle episode, Lily. it really is like the crescendo of what started in Bellyful Turkey.
0: Yeah, you, you get this. The, but what what What's odd about this episode Is where we're going to go the next two Episodes after this uh, In this episode it feels like Lily is full on cool I'm in this 100% There's not like this doesn't feel like any Seeds of doubt are, are there
1: Until the very final scene
0: Until the very final scene And then it hits like Okay something could happen and Then, then it's like a, a truck
1: into... runs over you And you're like oh no
0: Then we find out in Milk and in Come On, which is our season finale, uh, that Lily has been offered an art apprenticeship in San Francisco. She's debating whether or not she's going to take it. She hasn't told Marshall about it. Meanwhile, Ted is willing to take one last shot at Robin Trubosky. So he needs it to rain so that she doesn't go on this camping trip and sleep with Sandy Rivers. So he does a rain dance does rain dance and convinces it to rain. And, and, and meanwhile, Lily finally tells Marshall that she wants to go to San Francisco and she needs to discover who she is outside of her and Marshall. And Marshall says one of the most just devastating lines you could say, you know, where he, where he goes, you walk out that door. We're done. I mean, you'll never see me again. The episode ends with Robin and Ted finally together. They're, they they finally kiss. They, he did the blue French horn thing again. Or is that when he steals a blue French horn?
1: No, he steals French horn at the very beginning. He comes back. He's standing outside in the rain yelling up to her.
0: Yeah, yeah. I made it rain. I made it rain. I made it rain. Yeah. And they finally kiss. And then when he gets back to the apartment, he sees Marshall on the stairs outside the apartment crying. Because Lily just left.
1: The the acting from Jason Siegel in this episode is outstanding. I think, um, I think this have is won the it for for me. This is really the the episode where I think it cements, but not beats cements, but it begins to cement the idea that Siegel is secretly the best actor on the show. Because I think largely up until this point, you you think oh, naturally it's Neil Patrick Harris because he does do so much of the heavy comedic lifting. But this is where we really get to see him. We get to see Siegel not just be funny, but it's the first time we get to see him be really serious. And for me, those are some of How I Met Your Mother's best moments is when Jason Siegel is just, he's in a dead serious scene because he sells it so well. And for me, that's the mark of a great comedian is somebody who can be funny and then flip the switch and immediately be serious. With Neil Patrick Harris, no offense to him, when he has serious moments in this show, largely... If he's been funny in the same episode, it doesn't feel genuine. Uh One of the standouts being his performance in the finale, the overall series finale. But the others, you know, like Alison Hannington, she she has some great series moments as well. Of course, we talked about Josh Radnor and Colby Smulders. But Siegel is on a different level than them. Like you said, he's Emmy worthy. He's Emmy worthy. I think he's the only role that is Emmy worthy in the show's run
0: one exception
1: time travelers i would say
0: ted i would say ted there is there's and and, and i know that speech by heart to the point where um it's just too perfect there's a speech that ted has in time travelers where it's like how did you do this i'm genuinely mortified because like he has tears in his eyes but they don't ever come out and but like but like you said though i mean jason sagal Just does an unbelievable job Of like this is the only girl He's ever been with like To Lily's credit she's been with One other guy but he might be gay We don't know Um, (laughs) But like Jason Seagal Marshall's only ever been with Lily Like that's his whole world that's who he spent the last 10 years With And he doesn't know what life looks like without her And he's really freaking scared To find out what that looks like And so to have that moment and to have that whole he I I, I think like if Marshall makes a mistake as a human being it's where he just immediately is like okay fine you want to do this you you do it without me like doesn't even try to make a play of like oh well I can move out to San Francisco it's the same thing like Ted was dealing with 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 Germany and Victoria but it's because Jason or it's because Marshall doesn't feel like he's done anything to deserve this he's he's done he's, he's he's been as perfect of a fiance as he can be and Lily just doesn't see it and is, is just kind of in herself and in her own ego and in her own ideas.
1: Yeah, this is, this is the episode that I think like really solidifies me not liking Lily as a character. Cause it's really hard to move past that. Even with the events of season two and, you know, as you see their relationship grow and flourish and mature in their words, um, it's hard to get past that. Because, especially as you see, just the extraordinary <clears throat> sacrifices that Marshall continually makes—getting her out of her blunders, her her debt, uh, letting her pursue her dreams, this and that—he takes a he takes a job somewhere he absolutely does not want to work, so she can have her dream house and things like that. The things he continues to do, this always hangs over that, like. She doesn't, I feel like she, because it's almost never addressed after she comes back. Like, it's such a weird, it's weird
0: that they address it with Ted, where like the Christmas episode. Yeah, outside of that,
1: they almost, and even Marshall does not address it in that episode. They almost pretend that that never ever happens. Marshall mentions it, I think, one time after she comes back, and that's it. It's perfectly done in season 9.
0: It's perfectly done in season 9. You left me to go to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So are me and Marvin and any of the future kids, are we just some sort of consolation
1: prize? And never forget, like, I I mean, again, we're going to air my grievances with Lily throughout the series. But when you get to that future point, you can see, like, it still deeply affects Marshall, as it should. He gives them everything to go to Italy. And it's like they they only get like really give it a second thought about him being offered to be a judge. Oh. It, it's just it's, it, it's a series of extraordinary events that it really feels like Marshall definitely does way more. And I think in a way loves Lily far more than she does him.
0: Well, and then there's to that episode where it's like the Reacher and the Settler. Yeah. Lily tries to say that she's the settler. It's like, no. no you reached to the sky. You pulled a goddamn star out of the sky and you captured it. And yet you have the balls to say you're the you're the settler. But sorry, sorry for, sorry that you settled for someone who's absolutely perfect.
1: Yeah, right. It's, it's mm, I have so many problems with it, but <laughs> like back to back to the actual episode though. I think like the how they pause arguments, I think that's a great I twist think. to it. It doesn't just them just it's arguing honest. and screaming the whole time. They both have an emotional breakdown in the middle of the Times Square Red Lobster. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, I have a breakdown usually because I had to go to Red Lobster and I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> but it's just, it's so, 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 so well done. And it contrasts with, and you know, it'll be an intense opening narration of season two. Like, while I was off having one of the best nights of my life, your uncle Marshall was having the worst night of his. Yeah.
0: And and we finally get Robin and Teddy together and in a genuine moment. Finally, I'm which is it's weird because like you know in certain other shows like, um, I think back to like Parks and Rec, right? So it took Parks and Rec two seasons to get um uh, Leslie and Ben together. Yeah, it took Brooklyn Nine Nine three seasons to get Amy and Jake together. In all these different shows, mm-hmm. I had Pam and Jim. It took but yeah. yeah. it took it took it took two. It took three full seasons for them to finally get together. Um, to get it at the end of season one, and we're gonna see what happens with it in season two. It may or may not work. We're gonna talk about that next week. But we to get it so soon. Is like okay this is awesome This is really good pacing After the journey that we've already seen Ted go through This season to to finally get to goal Like that's how you build a season Properly That is how you build a season Properly We are going to do a segment with this show That we haven't ever done Because there's really nobody else we could ever do this with So I, I still was trying to kind of come up with a song Or like a or like a tune that we could do to introduce this segment. All I all I could think of is Ted's a hoe. Let's rank him for show. Do it. So that's all I got. We are ranking the women that Ted has dated in this season. We have seven women in this season. We gotta talk about the slutty pumpkin. Mary Beth, who is his date for New Year's Eve, Mary the Paralegal, Victoria. Trudy from the pineapple incident, Natalie and Robin, Josh in that list. Who is number seven this week?
1: Who wins out this week?
0: No, who's who's number seven? Oh, sorry, the who's, oh god, who's, who's the worst? Ever? Natalie. Okay, Mary, Mary Beth,
1: though.
0: Oh, well, she does is hug. Beat. Mary,
1: fine. Oh, no, no, you're right. You're right. Mary, Mary Beth, or Mary Beth is she's the bottom. Okay, number seven. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But, Number six, Slutty Pumpkin,
0: Slutty Pumpkin. I,
1: uh, yeah, we, 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 she will make a return. <laughs> of all the people to make a return, we get the Slutty Pumpkin again. <laughs> oh, I, I'm taking her future appearance into account here.
0: And Naomi Watts, you just did not have it in the show, and her. It's the way Katie Holmes, kisses, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, sir. Yeah, yeah, Katie Holmes. Yeah, Katie yeah. Holmes. The way, the way that she kisses people in TV. It just it's, does it's not. Like, it makes it's so me, awful. like,
1: physically uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, number five. Natalie here. I mean, I uh, can see Natalie. Natalie, Trudy.
1: Natalie. I got Natalie here. All right.
0: Is it Trudy, number four?
1: Mary the Paralegal is number four. See, I would... But she likes Star Wars. She likes Star Wars. But Trudy comes back, and Ted gets a threesome with her.
0: That's true. It's true.
1: With her really, really annoying guy,
0: who's really hot. That's like I get it. <laughs> but right, she's gonna be, never- she's gonna
1: be near the fucking crater of the bottom. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me tell you something.
0: Jesus, she's gonna be the snooky and the snooky wants to smoosh, not to be
1: crass, but she's gonna be at the fucking bottom.
0: She's gonna support the weight of the world on her shoulders.
1: Jesus Christ, oh man,
0: number two and number one. So that leaves Victoria and
1: Robin. Uh, I mean, Robin's number two, Victoria's number one. There's not even a question here You know what, this is why you're on this show
0: I freaking love you man All right. so our list of women today in season one Victoria is number one Robin Shcherbatsky number two Trudy from the Pineapple Incident is uh, number three Mary the Paralegal, she likes Star Wars uh, Is number four Natalie is number five The Slutty Pumpkin, number six And seven is Mary Beth That is... Episode one of Q-List, The Office, How I Met Your Mother Edition. Or Q-List, wow. Did I just say The Office, How I Met Your Mother Edition? Yes, wow. You did. There's, there, there's something that I have. Q-List, How I Met Your Mother Edition. How about that? Hey, uh, be sure to check out Josh uh, every Thursday on Tower Casuals, uh, talking wizards and all the cool stuff they do. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Spots First Games Live. Uh, Thursdays, what, 7 p.m. Central?
1: Yeah, about 7.30 usually.
0: 7.30, especially with him and Corey breaking it down. Josh, where else can people find him, man?
1: Find me on Twitter and on Twitch at Josh underscore Finn with two N's. I play and talk about a lot of Destiny. A lot of TV, (laughs) a lot of movies. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, we got a great episode of
0: Land Party coming up on Wednesday. Corey Shane is back in the house, and that means we got to rank something. We're ranking Veggie Tales. That's right, y'all. We're we're, we're diving back into our... uh, Children, kids' church roots. And we're going to rank oh. Veggie Tale movies. Uh, all that. Plus, Trash Talk returns on Friday. That's right. We're talking baseball. Thomas, Austin, myself, season three, baby. Let's freaking do this. Uh, you can check us out on Network.com and podcast services around the globe. For Josh Man, I'm Logan Corkins. Peace out. And we hope that you have a legend. Wait for it. Dairy. Dairy. Dairy.